up something. Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit Trying to learn some game, Xavier gonna talk about it No Deanna, speak that shit that everybody voucher Ain't no more excuses valid, get up off the couch and get up in your bag To your bank account, need an accountant I study millionaires cause I was born a visionary You still believe in limitations, why you acting scary? You can't distract me from the paper, I've been chasing greatness I'm stacking now and balling later, in the conversation We strategizing, monetizing, piling up investments And sacrificing temporary sh for bigger blessings Yeah, a tapped in boss mind state I multiply my grind rate and I match the way I vibrate Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million if you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit Trying to learn some game, Xavier gonna talk about it No Deanna, speak that sh** that everybody voucher Ain't no more excuses valid, get up off the couch and get up in your bag To your bank account, need an accountant What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Millionaire Mindsets Podcast. I'm your host, Xavier. Got my co-host, D. Whitten. Hey, what's up, everybody? What's good? What's good? So today, uh, we got another, this will be another dope episode with another special, special guest. And, uh, but before we start the episode, Deanna, she's going to go into our first sponsor. Yes. Yeah, so as usual, we want to give a big shout out to our sponsors for today's episode. Today's episode is sponsored by Market Views Consultant. Market Views is going to be your go-to for anything stock-related. Trust me, if you're a new investor and literally have no knowledge on stock investing, they can help you get started. Or even if you're an experienced investor who wants to reconstruct your portfolio or freshen up your investment strategies or just overall get some new ideas, then book a consultation with them. They're going to take care of you. They've even helped me and Xavier with our investment strategies, and we've always had a great experience working with them. They got a couple different packages they offer to fit any investor's needs. So make sure you go to marketviewsconsultant.com and let them know the Millionaire Mindsets podcast sent you. Yes, sir. Thank you for that, D. Yeah, y'all definitely go y'all go y'all go check them out. Like B said, man, if y'all want to get into the stock market, like we keep saying every episode, you gotta go holler at them. I promise y'all, they're gonna get y'all right. And uh, getting right to the episode, and let, let me say this first: for uh, apologies on my part, because I I'm traveling and I left my mic I left my mic at home, so if the sound quality a little different, that's my fault. We still had to get the content out though, but I just want mm -hmm. to uh, put that out there first. But getting right into the show today, we got a, a special guest. You guys may know him, me and him. We go we 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 known each other since like what like damn how long we known each other. Yeah, you graduated. I graduated in thirteen. I know you since like okay. my freshman year, at least. So that's like two thousand nine. Yeah, we so we yeah. know for a long time. We both from Chicago. You guys may know him. His name is Ahmad Ahmad Ingram. So welcome to the show, bro. You know we uh, glad to have you on. We had him on the episode with uh, it was all four of us. Yeah, the Four Brothers episode. KG was on there, but we got him. We got him on this time solo. He gonna be talking a lot of. A lot of game, a lot of mobile home stuff, real estate, all that. So welcome to the show, bro. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Thank you for having me, guys. Yeah, man. Yeah, of course, we, of course. We happy to have you, man. And just um, getting right to it, man. So for the people who are not familiar with you, just give a, a, a background on yourself. Um, so my name is Ahmad Ingram, born and raised in uh, Chicago, Illinois. Um, 
don't come from a you know wealthy family by any means uh two-parent household uh parents honestly still working to this day um i left chicago when i was 17 right after i graduated high school moved to houston uh that was honestly like my biggest um and best decision that i honestly made it just allowed me to see you know that shit was so much bigger than chicago um and to see other young people doing something with their life. Uh, I stayed there for about four and a half years, left Houston, and I moved to, I live in Atlanta now. Uh, so I've been here going on two years now. Mm. So that's really it. Uh, getting started in real estate, I started wholesaling traditional homes when I lived in Houston. And uh, once I moved here, I made the transition to mobile homes when I got to Atlanta. Um, <laughs> So um, don't really dibble and dabble in a traditional still um, on the wholesale side of things. Um, but I'm definitely still interested in traditional homes, um, more of just honestly buying them and purchasing them myself. Um, so when I do start back wholesaling on the traditional side, I honestly just want to wholesale for myself, not really on the aspect of um, making it into a, a true business, I per se. Okay. And yeah. I just uh, uh, let me let me uh take it back real quick because I, I think this is something to touch on that's important too. So you said you left Chicago, and you went to Houston. How old was you again? I was seventeen. Okay, seventeen. I'm, I'm I'm I'll be twenty five next month. I'm twenty four right now. Okay, so seventeen year old, you left you left home and went to a whole another city. Took that. And I want to ask, what gave you that confidence, and what what gave you the confidence to move, and why did you pick Houston? Um, so what gave me the confidence to move, honestly, was just, it was the best option in my, in my head at the time to do. Like, I was juggling college, well, the, the substance of college as a whole, honestly. Uh, I was having mixed emotions about it, so it was just like, damn, like, what do I have to lose at this point? You know, uh, looking at other family members and friends, it was just like, I felt like I would have somewhat trapped myself if I had to continue to stay there. And of course, get into some trouble that I just, shit, I was doing dumb shit to just be completely honest with you, bro. Uh, and if I had stayed there, shit, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now, honestly, because I, you know, Lord knows where I would be at right now. You know, not saying you can't find trouble everywhere because you definitely can, but just getting out of the norm out of, from people I grew up with cousins I grew up with, you know, and just to see different kind of money, honestly, like, Texas opened my eyes so, so much, bro, it was just so much down there, so much to do different kind of people, it's, it's literally a melting pot, so I instantly started to bump into many different people that was doing so much different shit, and it was like, damn, like, boom, obviously coming from where I'm from, it's like, you see one thing, bro, you see somebody with money, they most likely selling dope, most likely just, you know, or, or pimping or do, doing something that not to knock anybody that do that. I, you know, everybody's been not doing something that they probably wasn't supposed to do. But it was just I knew that wasn't the route that I wanted to go. So, you know, it was just honestly, it was just it was nothing but faith, bro. Honestly, it was. And, and I was I was flat broke, too, bro. I was I was down bad. Like when I first got to Texas. Uh, my older brother lived there, but at the time, me and him wasn't really seeing eye to eye. So, like, me going to live with him wasn't an option, you know. So, quickly, I had to quickly figure out 
shit, how to stand on my own, bro. Um, then, so, but that 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 was the best, best, best thing at the time for me to do, bro. Um, looking back, I would never do that shit ever again. I don't <laughs> suggest anybody to move somewhere with, you know, a thousand dollars in their pocket. I don't suggest anybody to do that. But it's just, it allowed me and made me make something out of nothing, bro. Literally. Um, and shit, it showed me a lot, a lot of ups and downs. Shit, I, mean, I still have ups and downs, but that showed me so much of that I didn't even have any. I didn't know I had any. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's really what it came down to, bro. You know, yeah, I can go home, but no, I'm not going to go home. I'm not going to call my mama. You know, um, and that started to even mold more problems in my life, honestly, later down the line, because, like, my mom would get in her feelings and, you know, why you're not asking for help? You know you need help, and it's just, that's a hard thing for me to do, honestly, to this day. I'm, I'm getting better at it, but even opening my mouth and asking people to do anything, bro, is just something that is it's hard for me to do. So um, that was a very, very big step, though, bro. But that right there, that's like, that's a gem in itself. Because like, like you said, like me and Xavier grew up in similar backgrounds. So it's like people underestimate how important that separation is from like what your comfort environment. You know, you got to get away from those people. Like no matter how much you love them, like family, friends, like you got to separate yourself to really experience that growth, like you gotta get uncomfortable before you can really grow the way you want to. And you can't do that at home with the same people and the same, you know, that same mentality you, around the 24 seven. You can't, like it's, 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 I'm not saying it's impossible, but in a way it's damn near impossible because it's like, yes, I can go ask mom or auntie or granny for, for this, for this, for this, it's not. I feel like if you never, had your back against totally against the wall. Like I'm not promoting struggle in any way. Like I don't want this to be misinterpreted in any way. But it's just like you're going to learn to deal with certain shit in a different way, though. You know, if you can't just go fall and ask Granny or Mama or Auntie for this, for this, for this. You know, um, yeah. I mean, I got my first apartment then. Um, so that was just kind of, damn, I'm paying rent by myself. Like, mm -hmm. you know, honestly, bro, my first apartment, I didn't have no furniture, like nothing in the crib. I had a bed in that <laughs> joint. That's it. Like, kitchen was very slim, like, but it was just like, damn, these four walls is mine. Like, I don't own it, but th these four right. walls, I'm paying rent for. Like, nobody can't knock on the door and tell me to leave, you know, unless I don't pay my rent. So that was just like... I guess the most eye-opening, honestly, experience I've I've had in a in a in a while, bro. You know, because I'm still young. You know, so mm -hmm. um, if you are younger, I don't want you to feel like you gotta have everything together because you fucking don't. Like you don't have to have everything together, but at least be working towards something, have a plan and an action towards everything that you intend on doing, what you dream of doing. You know. Yeah, that's fast. So what? Well, uh... Cause now you in mobile homes, and I want to ask you, yes, sir. what was the start to that? Like, how did you get involved in mobile homes? So, like, the start to mobile homes was honestly, um, shout out to like YouTube, shout out to mobile home elite investors, shout out to um, my people, that's my people. Yeah, like none of these apartments I've ever lived in, I ever paid for cable. Like, even to this day, I don't have cable in my house. 
Um, so YouTube has always been something that, you know, obviously YouTube, Netflix and shit, Hulu, all that. But like YouTube has always been something that I've always just been intrigued by. So um, I came across them on YouTube, then, you know, started to like just link to other stuff. And that that's what really made me key in on it and start to even start doing research and learn about it. Um, and prior to this, I worked for a moving company like years prior and I've moved a lot of people like cross country and a lot of them moved into mobile homes or had mobile homes on their land. So I always just remember it like, I might not see it every day, but at some point in time, like I did see it and it's a market for this. It, it's, this is just shit, a niche market, you know, at the end of the day. Um, so once I started doing research, Honestly, me and Reggie, when I had moved here, I had was renting my place out. Like I told you, I had linked up with Reggie when I first moved here. And me and him had tapped into a little bit here and there. Um, really didn't know what the fuck we was doing, to be completely honest with you. And <laughs> uh, had a lot of deals that, shit, bro, they just, they, they flatlined. Um, and then my current partner to this day, uh, Jasmine, um, I end up linking up with her and shit, we just had some of the same goals in mind. It was just like, damn, like shit, like it, it kind of makes sense for us. It don't kind of, this shit make a lot of sense for us to work together. Like, you know, we in the same areas, everything like why work against each other at right. the end of the day. Yep. So uh, we started working with each other and that's when I really started to buckle down and really like, okay, let's focus on this shit. You know, um, was when shit, me and her became partners. Um, but like the first, first start of it was YouTube, link up with Reggie. Me and Reggie, you know, was dibbling and dabbling. And like I told you, shit flatlined. We, we, we didn't have enough knowledge on doing it. So that's like one of the most important things I can say to somebody that might be hearing is, is get educated on the shit first. Right. Yes, you know, fail forward. Like that needed to happen to me. You know, and even I look back now, I had got contact with a park owner even back then, but I didn't know what the fuck to do, bro. Like, literally, me and Reggie had ran across the park owner. You know, but I literally didn't know what to do, so I kind of, I folded. You know what I'm saying? Like, didn't make a dime. Zero dollars. So, I mean, it definitely helped, because I knew what not to do when me and Jasmine linked up. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, so, um, yeah, that's really, that was the start of that, bro. Um, yeah. Just honestly, just access hours of YouTube, reading, blogs, forms, shit, you name it, bro. That was that was really it. You know, reading other mobile home books. Um, that was yeah. I mean, the, 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 the start just the, the start is not super super complicated. And for the people that's listening to this episode and they might not be familiar with mobile homes and they might not know it's like money and stuff like that, I just want to say. It definitely is. I want to say shout out to Deanna because she haven't talked about it on the pod, but she recently had her first. She had her first uh, 10k month with mobile homes. Like just hopping in a mobile home lane, she made 10k in a month for mobile homes, and that was her. That was her first time doing it in that in that particular industry. So shout out to her, and that's just to, to show you that. Shit, you take action. <laughs> what you say? Shit, shit, just taking action. Oh yeah. Yep. Taking action. And I wanted to ask Ahmad, like, so after, 
because I already know how I go after a bunch of failed attempts and, you know, deals falling through left and right. What did that first deal for you look like after you finally got one to go through and close? And was it a wholesale or was it just a, a something that you bought? And So it, it was a, so the first deal um, was, it started off as a wholesale. So um, me and Jasmine, like I said, we linked up. We had came across a park, um, and the home appeared to obviously be vacant. Um, I didn't think nothing of it as far as this might turn into something past a wholesale deal. When I seen it, I was just like, damn, I can get this joint. You know, I had got it under contract for like thirteen hundred, thirteen fifty, I believe. Um with the guy and I was like damn like at the moment I didn't know how much I was going to sell it for I was we was thinking you know to you know get somebody to fund the, the rehab we had a couple people that was in, interested in funding the rehab and it was just like no nah, but we can sell this joint as is so I found the guy that lived in freaking North Carolina bro he drove down from North Carolina to buy the home and he ended up basically, it turned into something where when he gave us the down payment, obviously I got back my whole thing that I had it under contract for and some. So we mm -hmm. got it under contract. We ended up selling it for like 7500 as is. Um, we got like, it was about 4200 down that he gave us. And he's like, you know, I'm not going to be able to pay you all now, but like, you know, I got a job, bro. Like, you know, he came to me with everything. Like, I didn't even really ask him for it. Because at the time, like like I said, I was still figuring this shit out. Like, I had never did anything that I had sold on terms before. So it was just like, I didn't really know what to ask for. I didn't know none of that. But he presented all that to me from the start. So it was just like, okay. And it turned into something where the guy basically would send me money Walmart to Walmart every month, bro, until he paid our remaining balance off. He drove down to Atlanta to pay the remaining balance off. And, um, you know, of course, I signed a title over to him and everything like that. But that's what the first deal looked like. Got it for 13, got a uh, down payment about four grand and some change. And in the next, not even five months, bro, he paid the remaining balance off. He kind of paid it in lump sums. He didn't really follow the full terms amount that we had, but it just kind of showed me like, damn, like, especially when you got this title, you can really do whatever the hell you want to do. You know, like you can do anything at that point, you know, turning into, you know, just like these title loan places, like, a, um, you know, folks need money, they gonna get a title loan towards their car for whatever they need. Or you can really just play hardball with whoever you, you, you know, cause you only can do so much when you, you're wholesaling. You know, nothing to different than a traditional wholesale. You only can do so much when you only have equitable interest within a property. But when you got the title, that's equivalent to having a fucking deed of the house when you wholesaling it. So you can you can say whatever and really do whatever. So it it, it got my negotiating much better at that when 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 that first deal happened. I got ten times better negotiating these joints, bro. Mm -hmm. You know, just from the practice of even dealing with other people because. I was still marketing a property 
just to get practice, even after me and him had signed our new contract saying that he's going to buy this off terms with us, you know, to just give me more and more practice with everything. And, you know, shout out to, I mean, Jasmine, like, by any means, everything clerical she fucking does. Like, she's, <laughs> she's, a, she's, she's amazing with that shit. You know, everything clerical, she, that's what she, that's what she do. You know, so I did my part, you know, as in, in the field. But other than that, when you bring those two things together, bro, this shit is easy. It really is, mm-hmm. you know, just really going out there and moving around, though. Like, when I talk to people on consults, I ask them, you know, how far do you go to look for deals? They tell me they haven't got a deal yet. And it's like, shit, sometimes I drive two, three hours out to market, <laughs> to look for stuff, to, to meet with sellers, to, you know, just prospect a new area. Um, so if you hearing this and you might not have got a deal yet and you in your backyard, you 35 minutes away from the crib, try going at least an hour out. Everything is going to change. For one, the prices of homes going to get cheaper. You're not close to the city limits anymore. Um, and just the leniency within the parks going to get way different than when you're dealing with something in a metropolitan area in which you might live in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's that's really it. That's how my first deal was. It wasn't nothing like crazy, you know, crazy home run deal. You know, I made 50, 60 Gs, but that shit taught me everything, bro. Like, mm-hmm. it was the start of all this, honestly. That's the start. You, you ain't got to hit home runs. What you going to say, D? No, I was going to say, like, that's really the biggest thing is, like, because I look on – I used to, when I first started, I spent a lot of my time looking online for deals. But our best deals have came from just going directly to the parks and networking and actually talking to the park managers and owners and seeing what they have. And you may they may be marketing one, but once you get to the park, they probably got like four or five other ones you could probably snatch up. So in this game, in my opinion, the best thing you do can do, like Amon said, is actually get out there and take action. And when, when do we start the mobile operation in our company, D? What'd you say? I said, when did we start the mobile home operations uh, on our company? Uh, I started back in, I would say, February. That's when I started doing research, and I had bought my first one and wholesaled it by, like, uh, March, April time frame. And then from there, I just been, you know, trying to learn it and keep it moving. So it's, so basically, it took, it took, it, it, so it took you, like, six months to have a 10K month for mobile home. Yeah, it did. Yeah, but I'm, but I'm, I'm saying that because that's not a long time. To change your fucking life, no. That's not a long time because, and I think this is an important conversation too. Because yesterday I was talking to somebody, and shout out to Josh on Uncle Bush on the web chat. I was talking to Josh, and he was like, he was like, uh, he was like, I love men of mindsets. Like it's so dope. Like because y'all get the y'all get the information, y'all get the inspiration, motivation. But he was like, I think a, a side of things that needs to be touched on specifically in our community more. And he was like, I would love to see y'all touch on it more. Is like the actual imp- uh, implementation because a lot of people, they can hear all the info, they can hear all the game, they can hear all the motivation, but they still don't know how to go that about how-to. it. They yeah. still don't know that how to like, okay, I heard, I heard that thing they saying, but I still don't know how to do it themselves. So I think this is a perfect conversation to hide it because somebody might be listening to to hear this conversation about mobile homes, talking about how Ahmad made money, how D made some money, but they still might be like, okay, I want to do this, but what is that how-to? So, like, 
y'all both can answer this if y'all want. So for somebody that's listening to this, the best way where they could start like implementing where they could take action immediately. And y'all ain't gotta give away all the jewels because you know, we like, we got my we got ebooks for that and all that. So you ain't gotta give away all of these just on on a basic level, like what's how they how can people implement and take action immediately? And but, but even before that, like how do you get to the point where you do take action? You go first, D. Well, let me see. I I mean I'm gonna just kinda break down my first one and then from there I guess you can see how you really take action. But for me, like I found my first deal on Facebook Marketplace, like random. Like I uh I was um talking to no, I was in Rashana Scott's like Infinity Girl Group for Real Estate Investors and I heard shout someone out, say shout out to Rashana. Yeah, shout out to Rashana. I literally heard someone say they got on Facebook and that's how they found their first deal. And for me, I um decided like, all right, well let me look, let me get on Facebook and try and find me one. So I got on there and started searching. And then next thing you know, I found one listed on there. So I'm like, all right, this is like, let me contact the owner. So she had it listed at like 3K. She literally gave it to me for like half of that. Like she wasn't even, cause she, the crazy thing about it is she got it for free. So I probably could have went lower, but you know, just trying to negotiate and not, you know, give too much of a low ball answer. But then from there, like once she accepted my offer, the process of closing a mobile home is super easy after that. It's just you gotta do what the um the title paperwork, get that transferred over. You gotta get approved with the park, make sure they're good for you to come in there. And then after that, you really just collect your money and or pay the money or vice versa and close on the deal. So like it's not a complicated process at all. And it's not hard to like find deals. Like I live, like I said, it took me two days to find a deal on Facebook. And they all over the place. Like people trying to sell them, you just gotta look for them. So Amara can go ahead and get his feel. Um, shit. Similar to her. Um, my first one came um driving for dollars. Similar to the first deal I ever got with wholesaling. Um Getting out and just getting busy, honestly, that's the, the best thing I can honestly say is just get out, fill up your car, and get busy. Um, because Facebook, a lot of stuff that is on Facebook is going to be straight investors. A lot, like a vast majority of it is going to be straight investors. But sometimes you will find um, a private owner that, that they don't know where else to go. They're in need for the money, which makes them beyond motivated at that moment. They might be behind a lot room, whatever it might be. They might post it on Facebook, you know. So it's just like, you might, you know, strike and hit like D did, you know, on Facebook. But if that's not a place, you just got to get out and talk to people. Like, talk to as many people. Let as many people know that, okay, boom, I'm buying mobile homes in whatever condition possible. You know, you're going to get people to hit you up that – they will give them away for free because they just need them joints gone. But you would never know that if you don't get in the mobile home community, in the mobile home atmosphere, and just wherever mobile homes are. You got to move, maneuver around people that own them, people that know people that own them, not even necessarily around people that might live in them, but people that know somebody that live in them. Um, so that's, that's how my first deal went, just driving for dollars. When I see people outside, you know, um, cutting their grass. I'm hopping out the whip. I'm 
Do you know anybody that needs to sell? Are you looking to sell? You know, like most people, I understand a lot of people might not be shit, a psycho like, like me. Like I talk to a random person, bro. Like I'm, I don't give a fuck where you at, bro. Like yeah, I'm gonna hop out and talk to a random person. And yeah, that shit yeah, has yeah. gotten me so many deals, bro. Like straight up. Because it's just like, even if that person ain't, like I've had people like, man, like I'm thinking about selling, but I didn't even know who to call, like straight up. So it's just like, but you riding around in the mobile home community, like you you got something and they have something you want at the end of the day. That's bottom line. And anybody willing to sell some shit is the right price. So that's what it comes down to. And a lot of people, you never know nobody's financial situation. They might be shit fucked up on the money right now. Excuse my language. Like they selling this 1989 that they might be able to get, you know, 2,500, 3K for, they might get them out of the slump that they in. Like I literally just went on an appointment. Her son was in jail, bro. She was literally on the phone with the judge. They were doing a virtual court day when I'm meeting with her. So you never know people's situation, bro. Like you never know. So you might hop out on a person that's going through something. I just had a guy call me. Um, I prospect in this park months prior. They just literally called Jasmine. The guy had a stroke. He want to sell. People need money, bro. Like that's bottom line. So either get out and talk to people or yeah, you can sit behind a computer, but that's slim. It's very slim. Your chances are very slim. It might be a big chance to you. It might appear as a big chance, but it's really not going to work for your deal because it's an investor. They trying to do the same thing you trying to do. So it's like hitting them up. I don't know how low they're going to be willing to go unless you willing to up some of your own money. And at that point, it really ain't going to be a wholesale deal. You know, but that's another thing. Like if you got a little capital, you can start off with just buying, copping, you know, negotiate them down to a comfortable price in which you can buy and cop from the investor. That might be your start. You might not have to start through this wholesale route. You know, if you got a little cheese laying around and you got, you know, shit, five grand laying around, you can go cop something. You can find something. They might be asking 3K and tell them. 1500 like bro i'm at a point now i be disrespectful with offers bro like and i it took me a while to get to that point and not give a fuck what people say i'll tell your ass in a minute i'll give you 350 dollars for this bitch <laughs> like for real and it works bro like for real the most they can say is no so when i tweet like okay i got this home for 500 people might be looking like bro how like shit tell them you're willing to pay 500 for the house they need the money, and a lot of times it's not even the money. I literally just met with a guy. We haven't did a deal yet, but it's 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 something. He it's actually a modular home, not really a mobile home, but he ain't hurting for the money. The other side of his property, he has a whole running ranch, like a whole farm. He's not hurting for the money in no way, but he just wanted gone. You know, so. Our deal with that is he don't have a title. I want the title. I don't really want a bill of sale. Of course, we can do something with the bill of sale, but with the title, like I said, you have more power. Mm -hmm. So that's really not to go like, you know, keep going on. But yeah, that's that's really, you know, the best thing I could really say is 
if you haven't spent a whole day doing this, you can't be mad about you not getting deals or you can leave. Oh, like, I've literally been out 10, 12 hours a day just driving. Mm-hmm. You know, and me driving other states, of course I've been out that long. You know, <laughs> but I'm not even saying you got to drive to other states, but shit, you got to drive from 30 minutes to an hour from where you live at. Definitely. If you want to see some plentiful deals. Mm-hmm. And I was gonna say like yep, like even though my first one was on Facebook, everyone after that has been in person deals, like in person finds from going to the park. So like a mindset that's super important. And something I want to ask you, Lamont, because like we talked about this earlier, but a big hurdle for me a lot of the times is the park owners. So not exactly the sellers, like the individual sellers in the park, they just ready to sell. But I have to tell people like, you know, just because you you may be purchasing a home in a park, you got to remember, you got to get approved to actually be in the park. And for a lot of park owners, they don't like investors because a lot of them have been done dirty or they prefer to just have majority tenant owned homes in their park. So for you, like, how do you and Jasmine, how do y'all navigate navigate that space and build these relationships with park owners? Um, Honestly, just make it a win-win, like to the point where, I mean, it's the time to sell yourself, like, how can you add value to them? Because they don't need you at the end of the day. They they do, but they don't. They and they're gonna play, they're gonna play hardball with you. So at the end of the day, anyway, just like talking to a regular seller, tell them something that's going to catch their eye that's gonna be pleasing to them. Like anything that's gonna be pleasing to their ear, to their pockets at the end of the day. If you can make them more money, they will be stupid not to mess with you. And it comes down to that, especially in some of the areas I be in, the color of my skin is a reflection. Like, it's like, okay, he's talking a good talk, but it's like, I don't like black people. And I be seeing it all over their face all the time. So depending on where you live at, you might run into that problem where you, it's park owners, you in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I see a, a park that's 40% vacant and you're telling me that you don't want to fill these vacancies? Bro, just tell me you don't want to do business with a black man. Just say that. But if you can get past that hurdle or you have somebody that you could put before these park owners, that will take care of that. That's obviously not your skin color. But other than that, just tell them something that they want to hear. Okay, um, sir, can you in some way, you know, maybe work with me on this lot rent? You know, maybe give me two, three months free until I get this house remodeled and get it sold, but you're going to be back to cash flowing. You you have a 30-lot um, park, and you have 10 of them that's vacant. Like, you're losing money at that point. So if I can fill those for you, that's a win-win, you know? So, of course, it helps when you have references and you have pictures of previous homes that you have done. It helps. Um, but a lot of times, they don't even care about that. If you can show them that you're persistent and you can get the job done, they'll do business with you. Because a lot of times, a lot of these park owners, depending on if they mom and pop park owners, they're not on the internet. They don't know about bigger pockets. They don't know about blacker, um, I don't know, I don't want to mess the name up, but just all the different, even Twitter, they don't know about these different avenues that it's other investors out here that can help them out. So it's just like, they just stuck, bro. Like, damn, I've had six vacancies for the last 
two and a half years. Like, and they happy to just have the other 10 that they cash flow. So it's just, it comes down to that, just really presenting a win-win to them that makes it to the point where I need to do business with you. Exactly. Even if I don't want to, I need to. Like, it makes sense to my pockets. You know, my cash flow is going to go up every month. Um, rental process, you know, so you tell the people that you marketing to, like, if you don't, if you got any evictions, you got to just tell them, like, be upfront with me. Like, I can't sell you this. You're not going to get approved out of part unless you have the money to move it, which most people don't because that costs thousands of dollars. So that's why you're looking for something in the park. And we know you don't have land for it to go to. So be upfront with me. If you have evictions, if you have sexual assault or anything on your record, like, let me know. This might not be the home for you. And that's really everything on like the back end of dealing with park owners and tenants. It's just really molding the situation to them. That's the only thing I could really say to it. Um, and that's going to just come with doing it. Like you're going to get better with just doing it. It's not something you're going to wake up tomorrow and do like, but talking to them every day, that's the best thing I can say. Talking to people every day is the best thing get you some business cards made some brochures made you know mm -hmm. get some bandit signs and just get busy that's the best thing i can say yeah you agree that's pretty much with any aspect of business but before i ask you my next question i am going to jump into our next sponsor so our next sponsor of course is park hill capital ventures Park Hill Capital is a multi-purpose investment firm specializing in real estate founded by me and xavier we offer several different services to educate you and mentor you on how to successfully invest in real estate, no matter what your experience level is. Our mentorship program is very hands-on and is definitely worth the investment. And you can also join our real estate mastery group for just $9.99 a month. It's a super affordable way for you to learn more about real estate. We host a live training each month with different guest speakers, and you'll have access to all of our previously recorded trainings. So you can join our real estate mastery group or find out more about our consultations by going to www.parkhillcapitalventures.com. Implementation. I think one of the important things when somebody's trying to implement something, it all starts with making up in your mind that you're going to commit to it. Or whatever it is, after you got the information, or even if you don't have the information, you have to really be like, all right, I'm going to commit to this. I'm going to be consistent with this. And then whatever strategies you is, because every industry, or even if it's the same industry, like how we talking about mobile homes today, it might be different strategies for that. But as long as you commit into it and you serious, like it ain't going to work if you be like, uh, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to try for a week. And then I'm going to be off for four weeks, go back for two days, be off. The shit ain't going to never work. You ain't going to never get no deals. You ain't going to never make no money. It's going to be a complete waste of your time. So until you really be like, all right, yo, I'm going I'm, I'm to do this. I'm going to start strategizing and stuff like that. That's that, like, first step for real when it comes to implementing something. But you got to – it ain't going to work if you don't commit to it. It's as, it's as simple as that. And what, it, what is so – example with, with podcasting, you know what I'm saying? Million and Mindsets won't work if me and D didn't commit to it and say we're not – we and saying we're gonna drop episodes consistently. If that wasn't the case, when nobody listen to the show, because they'd be like, "Man, y'all too inconsistent." You know what I'm saying? So you gotta, you gotta be willing to commit. You gotta make up your mind early on, and if you're gonna do it, and it can't be one of when you commit. This is this is another part thing. When you commit, you can't when shit go hard. You can't be like, "No, nah, I'm gonna stop." 
You know what I'm saying? Because when you commit, you got to make up your mind. No matter what happens, I'm still going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep doing it until I either get the results I want or I didn't exhaust all my resources and it's just not working and I'm going to cancel out. That's cool. But until you do those things, like, you know what I'm saying? You got you got to stick with it. Don't quit. Don't quit when shit get hard because it's going to get hard. And exhausting your resources, bro, that shit not even an option. Like, that's exactly. not even something that's going to happen. Like, it's exactly. too many people out here. It, the next thing is going to be how many excuses you making. Like, you might not think you need to pay for this course, pay for this book, pay for this consultation with this person. Like, that's what it's going to come down to. It ain't never going to be the, res, the uh, resources not there. Like, you're going to quit before the resources ain't there. Mm-hmm. Period. Like, it ain't never going to be no, oh shit, like I can't figure this out. It's either free on Google or YouTube, or it might be just surface line there. We know how YouTubers are. You know, they only gonna put surface line on there. You're gonna have to engage even more. So even people that to talking to somebody that might be on limited income right now, yes, you can go on YouTube and find certain things, but to engage into it at a deeper level, you're gonna have to reach out to somebody. That's one thing that I have noticed about everything, even down to when I was wholesaling traditional. Like, that's how I learned, honestly. Then, YouTube, bro. And it was like, damn, like, okay, I need to maybe meet up with this person for lunch. Like, because at the time, I didn't know nothing about Houston, bro. I didn't know nothing about Third Ward, none of the hot areas that's in Houston. I didn't know anything about it. It was just like, okay, this dude wholesaling, he's doing pretty good in this you know, arena right here. Let me go link up with him. Like, least I can do is, you know, take the man to lunch. You know, like, at least network. If you network, your resources would never obviously be limited. You know, like I said, you're going to quit before you say it ain't no resources. So it just come down to shit, how bad you want it, bro. How bad you want it. And that's what, like we said, man, that's that's for everything. And Dion, I want to ask you, because you do your mobile home deals outside of the state you in. And I mm-hmm. think that's very that's very uh interesting because a lot of people they might not be aware of that like you know people might heard of virtual like wholesaling actual property, but when it comes to mobile homes, because there's so much the interaction with the owner of these parks, people might not be familiar with like how that works or how can they do that if they want to get involved with mobile homes. Cause it could be somebody in a similar situation like you, D, they could be in Miami, they could be in Cali, LA or something, and they want to do deals outside of where they at. So what's what's that like? What's that story? Do you mind just break just breaking it down for the people? Yeah, so for me, it's like like my my me starting this wasn't intentional at all. It was just like I jumped into it and then I saw opportunity. And for me, being from Ohio, I knew it was a lot of mobile home parks out here, but obviously I don't live in Ohio no more. So I'm like, how can I still connect with these different park owners and these different individuals and find these deals with me being all across the country. So that's when I decided, you know what, like I'm gonna build a team. And I found people that I trust, people I used to um, go to high school with and presented the opportunity to them. Whereas them being new investors, I was like, look, like I can teach y'all what I know about real estate, what I'm learning about mobile homes, if y'all can do x y and z for me so for me i wouldn't necessarily call it 100 percent virtual because i do have boots on the ground but it helps a lot to have these people i can trust and go out to these different parks so for us 
like I'll look online I'll send in like a list of parks that I can find I'm like here's all the list of parks I want y'all here's the numbers we can call set up appointments but I want y'all to go to these parks and then they'll pretty much get in their car drive to wherever it needs to be whether it's an hour out 30 minutes out and they'll go to these parks present themselves let them know they're members of my team I'm just not available to be here in person and they scout out the deals for me so they'll do the walkthroughs they'll take pictures um and something we do is we always like to get a contractor to walk through because i like to have firm numbers for repair estimates for people who want to purchase from me as much as possible so i'll send them through with a contractor um they walk through take pictures take videos and all they do is send it back over to me so once i get it because i've already built a network and established myself and i have a a good um connection with different buyers and all that i just market so once I get it, I mark it, send it out to my email list, present it to people on Twitter. If we need to post it online, I'll do that part of the um, business. And then from there, I handle all the paperwork. I talk to the park owners. I negotiate everything. And then I close the deal. So I do like pretty much all the, the paperwork and getting everything together and closing and negotiation. But they do a huge service to me by actually going face to face and meeting these park owners and passing out my business cards and letting them know about my company and letting them know how we can help. So building that team, um, doing it virtually, like virtually is, is, without my team, it would be impossible. I would say that it would be very difficult. But, you know, if you got people you can trust and who can do that for you, set up your operation that way. Big facts. And that, that's some... Uh... That's some, that's some game. That's some, that's the game you're giving them, and that's what actually you you in Cleveland, you in Cleveland right now. Uh, yeah, finishing up. I, I did have to come here to actually sign off some paperwork in person, but I've had other deals where we just mailed it in, and I was able to sign off and get it notarized in California. But for this particular deal, I did have to come in person to close. But I mean, it's a small expense compared to the profits at the end of the day you know you you're gonna have certain expenses and this is just one of them but at the end of the day we still close the deal so that's all that matters she just she just dropped a, a, a key uh gem notary like get you a notary find you a, you're gonna need a notary like find you a notary that you trust that's not you know no shysty bs things like and get on Twitter, honestly. If you're in a city that you might not think a notary's around, you know, you're going to have to find somebody that's lenient and, and able to, you know, move around and maybe drive outside the city, you know. So okay. network and get on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, hashtag notaries in the city that you're in. You need a notary. You're going to, especially if you're trying to do it somewhat, anywhere virtual. Even if you're not trying to do it virtual, um, you're going to need a notary to pull up if you're pulling up in person even as well because a lot of people are going to notarize the title, notarize the bill of sale, notarize, and honestly, I suggest you notarize everything anyway. The little hundred bucks that you might pay somebody, that's nothing if you got an $8,000 deal. That's still nothing compared to title fees that you see on traditional homes. So that's just my two cents on that. That's, that's real. And I think... Uh, one, one more, uh, one more thing I, I want to touch on while we're speaking on the subject is I think people got to stop, stop jumping from industry to industry. Like getting that 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 uh, shiny object syndrome when they see stuff working for other people and they jump, they like just stop what they doing to jump in that. Because like the thing is, you really 
you got to master what you're doing first and get money from that before you start jumping into other things. Unless you're going to jump into something that's where it's going to be vertically integrated with what you're doing. It's already like a piece, a part of the chain or something that you got going on. But if it's a completely different industry, yo, you got to master what you're doing first. You, people got to stop. Like I see it all the time. People might be start wholesaling and then they might go into e-com or some other shit that ain't got nothing to do with that just because they see other people making money. It's like, yo, it ain't gonna never work for you because you keep switching lanes. Like, you know what I'm saying? Master your craft first. Like, oh, I was, when we was talking to Adrian yesterday, he was like, man, he was like, you should be making $100,000 a month first before you jump into anything else. And I was like, man. <laughs> that's real. I was like, man, <laughs> that's real. He's like, because if you think about it, if you just think about it on a deeper level, that's, that's, that's brilliant because if you can make $100,000 a month in one lane, that shows you that you have some level of mastery in it. So when you do jump into something else, it will it, it probably you probably will have things on autopilot at that point. So when you jump into something else, you can really dedicate your time to that because you got that first thing on autopilot and it's generating you money without taking a lot of your time. You know what I'm saying? So and I and and I I, I agree with that. Even if People might say, like, uh, people might be like, man, a hundred thousand. That thing that that may be far fetched for some people. Well, let's say this: at least try to aim for ten thousand first. Get ten thousand a month before you try to jump into something else. But if you really want to grow it and be like a full, full blown big business, I think a hundred thousand a month is a good number before you jump into something else because that shows you that you mastered what you're doing. And like we, like I said previously, you shouldn't be jumping into things until you master what you're doing. And I think that comes with learning the difference between a business and a side hustle. Like you have to sit down and identify like what exactly you want this to be. Is this a side hustle where you're going to do it part time and you know, you, you put the work in, but you don't have like super big goals for it established, or is this going to actually be a business and you build in towards something greater. And once you understand that, then you understand the work that needs to go into building the foundation of that to actually hit those heights of being a successful business. But I think a lot of people, they miss that part. It's like, are you building a great side hustle or are you building a great business? Mm. Mm, that's a, man, that's a bar right there. Cause you, that, that's some real shit. Cause you, most people treat their businesses like side hustle. They're not thinking with the mentality of this will be a huge corporation. I'm going to hire mm-hmm. a bunch of several, I'm going to hire a bunch of people. I'm going to affect a bunch of lives. I'm have a big payroll because that's all a part of having a big business. But most, but when, and once you think like that and you treat your business like that, you're not gonna jump into lane to lane because you focus on mastery because you have goals. You're not gonna change until you got that big payroll, until you got a bunch of employees and things like that. But like D said, most people they don't think like that with their business. They just, and that's cool if you're gonna be okay with doing three, four, five thousand dollar months, and that's okay not working that many hours on it. That's cool, but if you want to be a, a beast at what you do and one of the best at what you do, like that's you 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 gotta accept that and and, and you gotta accept having a huge payroll, having employees on the clock, probably working full time, some part time, and you like you can't you can't say it better than what you said. You can't treat your your business like a side hustle unless it's really a side hustle. But if you really want that to be your business, your bread and butter, you want to eat and live and live off that, take care of your family off that, you're going to have to treat that like, like, damn near life or death for real. Like, like, like how Ma said earlier, like, he ain't had nowhere to go. Like, he, he going to be homeless if he don't eat. 
So that's how you got to see things and you got to think. You must, people got to start thinking small, man. Like, just because you're starting it as a, as a small business or a side hustle don't mean it'll always be that way. You got to be mm. able to have a vision and see long term and see, like, all right, this might be small. Now, this just might be me working this now. This might just be me and my homie or me and my girl working this now. But five years from now, if I stick with it, we're going to have 50 employees. We're going to have 100 employees. We're going to have an X amount of payroll. We're going to be generating $500,000 a month. And you can do that if you all map it up and you commit and you you strategize. Yep, and that's what, like, I really admire about Ahmad and Jasmine's um, mobile home business. Because just from the start, just from how they marketed and how they presented themselves, I'm like, this is obvious. They're building a mobile home operation, like a real business. Exactly. And that's what I really love about it. And that's how I started, like, let me sit down. Let me re-strategize because I don't want this to just be a deal here and there. I want it to be a business as well. So, you know, just paying attention, look for other people in your industry and, you know, just don't recreate the blueprint. I mean, if it's already there, follow suit. So I would say that that's one thing. Jasmine and Amai, if y'all pay attention, they really building something great. Yeah, it is, man. And I want to ask you, like, uh, just going into your ebook, man, for the people who are not familiar with it, they might not have heard of it yet. Go into that, like, with this, with the details and how it can help them and everything. Um, appreciate everything that y'all doing right now. For, um, definitely want to say that. But as far as the ebook, um, you can grab it as well as book a consult with me on investwithamara.com. Um, um, hopefully, well, I'll send it to Xavier so he can put it in the description. Um, but you can also access that um, through my Twitter, Instagram, and um, my actual Twitter is BD underscore Mogul, M O G U L. Um, but it just basically goes in depth of, on marketing, talking to sellers, negotiating here and there. Um, and really just getting started, started certain, um, you know, quick tools that you might need um, in the field that's going to help you out. Um, and anything that the book does not cover, of course, we could talk about that in consult. If you got a deal that you might want to analyze, like you're unsure about numbers or, you know, you just want to talk through the deal, anything like that, um, we could definitely hop on a call about that. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's, that's really it, bro. I'm, I'm gonna put that. I'm gonna put that. This, uh, the, the link in the bio for the ebook. So for whoever want to get in the mobile homes, they start. They want to start making some money, get some knowledge, because it's extremely detailed. So whoever want to get involved, the link is in the bio. You just click the link and you tap in with. It. Uh, Appreciate you. Definitely, bro. Definitely, bro. Mm-hmm. And before before we wrap up, did y'all have anything else that I wanted to touch on? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I got quiet. <laughs> before, uh, before, before, I would just say, oh, ahead. one last thing, one last thing. I'm sorry. Um, depending on what state you're in, um, hop on Google and tap into the actual laws within your state because every state's different. So, like, you got certain states that might have a guideline of, um, not just even state to backtrack. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm all over the place right now. But state and county with you are going to be doing business in. Because some counties have this guideline for this that have to do with mobile homes. And then some, some states have only state guidelines. So definitely tap in with just the rules 
Um, and what, so at the end of the day, you don't get jammed up. You know what I'm saying? Um, and you don't, you don't have deals that crash out on you because in that certain state, they might not allow this. Because certain states don't allow certain size homes. So you might be in this state, you might be trying to market in this state and maybe potentially move a home to this state and sell it. That would never work because homes are of this size aren't allowed in this county. So, you know, definitely look up county and state regulations. And that's really it. Do your due diligence. Do your, do your, do your due diligence, man. And then uh, wrapping up, those who don't know, y'all can find me. Follow me on Instagram, at Xavier, Instagram and Twitter. Xavier C. Miller. You can also follow the podcast and M. Monsets Pod on uh, Instagram and Twitter. And D, what's her info? You can find me at Deanna S. Kent on Twitter and Deanna Kent on Instagram. And make sure you follow Park Hill Capital on Instagram. And uh, Ma, you gave our choice. Uh, at- yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll drop it again. Um, if um, you want to follow me on Twitter, it's really one most active at. It's BD underscore M-O-G-U-L. Um, and if you want to grab the actual um, ebook or book a consult with me, it's at invest with a mod. That's invest with a mod. A mod is spelled A-H-M-A-D dot com. And everything is on the website that you need. And if you want to become a part of the buyers list, uh, definitely reach out to me. Um, and I'll send you the company's website if you want to become a buyer. Good, good, man. Appreciate y'all. And that's all we got for another episode Appreciate of the Man Podcast. Holla at y'all next episode. Peace. <laughs>